I'm Ed. Hello, I'm Sean. And I'm Chris. And welcome to the Lack of Focus podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lack of Focus. I am your host tonight, Sean. Uh, to my left in my Discord screen is Ed. How are you tonight, Ed? Hello, everyone. I'm fantastic. And on my right side of my screen is Chris. How Chris, how are you doing tonight? Good, thanks, Sean. Well, tonight's show is probably going to be a predictable show because it's my show, but it's not about arcades. Um, but we'll kind of get to that when we get to that. Um, first off, let's hear what we've been doing this week. Ed, how how have you been the last two weeks, and have you have you accomplished anything gaming wise? I haven't accomplished a ton. I have been. Um... Stuck on a very long, difficult, stressful work project the last couple of weeks. I've had to skip game night not once, but twice, um, because I've been working off hours. Uh, long story short, we have a very high-pressure pro- uh, issue, uh, high, high-pressure, high-stress work project that has to absolutely positively be done by Friday. Or today is Thursday that we're recording. Um, so I have spent way too much time working off hours um, to being able to get much of anything gaming wise done. The only thing that I was able to accomplish was in a little bit in the world of video games. I finally, finally, finally have broken down and picked up Elden Ring uh, on my PS5. I've only got a couple of hours into it, but good Lord, it's hard. <laughs> um it's it, it's an interesting game. I've never played a Souls game before, so it wasn't kind of what I was expecting in the fact that I thought that there would be, hey, you need to go to this town, and you need to go talk to this person, and it's open world so much in the fact that it doesn't tell you anything. So I feel like basically a murder hobo just walking around going, here, I'm going to kill this guy, and I'm going to kill this guy, and oh boy, I can't kill that guy, and then die, and then go, okay, I'm not going to go kill that guy, I'm going to go do this. So I know that there is story and plot behind it, I just haven't discovered it yet, so the most part I'm just running around just killing things right now and having fun doing that at the moment. The game looks gorgeous on the PS5, it really does, it's a lot of fun, I've been enjoying it, it is getting a little bit difficult, but... That's that's pretty much about it. Like, I've not had a ton of free time to do much. I had intentions. I had intentions of pulling out paints on Sunday. And then my wife said, hey, I want to buy a new couch. And we're going to go pick this couch up. She found one on Facebook Marketplace. And then we spent the rest of the afternoon rearranging the living room and getting a couch that used to be down here into back upstairs. And that, that just blew my entire Sunday afternoon. <laughs> so and by the time i was done i was so tired because we we have one of those couches it's like the um mechanical recliners so it weighs like three times as much as a normal couch and trying to get it out the garage up the stairs trying to squeeze it into the goddamn door in the front it it, it was just exhausting so unfortunately i haven't gotten a lot done i i had intentions i had good intentions but as they say uh, hell is paved with the road of for, with good intentions um that's it that's all i've got i got nothing else chris as usual you're gonna have to carry us chris well looks like you're the you're the man of the hour now um i'm trying to think now it's been a while um i didn't get to play 40k last week Aww. but i did get to play a game of x-wing i um, saw pictures and everything there's proof i've seen it yeah i played um i think i just ran my vader squadron with um 
three TIE fighters and uh, Countess Ryad. Um, and this time, my plan of just soaking up torpedo attacks um, was fine. I felt really bad because in the in the pre-game, I was like, oh, I don't know if you want to waste proton torpedoes killing two-point TIE fighters. <laughs> and then, so he shot, in one round, he shot three protons all into Countess Ryad, and she took one shield damage. Ooh, and I was like, ooh. That ooh, feels good. I feel bad. It feels bad for my opponent. It feels bad like, for your opponent. It feels good for you. Uh, he had Anakin in the Y-Wing, and just he rolled three blanks and a focus. Couldn't spend the lock because he needed to keep the lock to pass it to the next ship in the chain because it was um, a synchronized console uh, list. So he, yeah, it just kind of didn't didn't work out for him. And then after that, I just got bullied around a little bit. Um, I played a, a couple of games of Star Wars Legion with my Shadow Collective. Ooh, um, there's a game I've not heard from in recently. Yeah, it's been going good. I, I'm excited to actually get them to a table, but I need to finish uh, redoing this Nurgle Demon army. Oh, well, the, this uh, Magathkin of Nurgle slash Nurgle Demon army. Um, but yeah, it's, I played an 800-point game, which is a standard size game, um, which was just my, my normal list that I kind of like at the minute, which is very counter-meta uh, counter or... It's not a counter to the meta. It is off meta, I suppose, is a better, is a correct descriptor. Because um, it's only seven activations, and in Legion, that's supposed to be suicidal. But I've just been re focusing really heavily in the early rounds and reducing my opponent's activations. Because my list hits really, really hard. So I, I start off two activations down in general. But then by turn three, I've generally got at least one activation advantage because I've just killed a lot of your stuff. But it mm. does make it difficult to try and do that whilst also focusing on the missions. So gotcha. it's a good balancing act. And then I learned my lesson. I played one of the, uh, the scenarios from our OP kits for Legion. I played Dynamic Exit, I think it's called. Um, I, I was running uh, Darth Maul in like, a 500-point list, so he's like... Came out at 199 points after I'd done everything in my 500 point list. Um, and then I had just some like chaff and like one. I had a really cool, powerful unit of super Mandalorian super commandos, Darth Maul, and then just garbage, just utter trash. Um, but I was playing against Vader, a unit of Royal Guard, and two units of Stormtroopers, and I didn't focus vader early enough and then in one round vader just like picked up a squad of my stormtroopers slammed them into a ground uh, sorry not stormtroopers a squad of my pikes uh, slammed them into a ground um i killed three of them doing that but then it worked because you get to pick them up and place them as one of his command cards and they're, it's like he's lifted them all up and slammed them with the force so you take damage from the attack but you also get to reposition them to reposition them into combat with Vader. Then he force pushed a second unit of pikes to make them charge into combat with him. Then he force choked a pike. So before he's actually rolled an attack dice, I've lost like four out of the 12 pikes that I had ready to kill him. Um, and then he just laid into him with his lightsaber. 
And it's like, yeah, I'm surrounded by nothing but fear and dead men. It was pretty <laughs> apt. Uh, Vader just absolutely butchered my gun line of pikes, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, I tried to um, pick him off. I got him down to two wounds left, um, but I just couldn't. Because I lost so many, uh, so much threat in one round, I just couldn't get it, get him over the hill. Uh, so I, I actually think the game came down to a 50-50 dice roll on if Maul makes a save or not. Because Vader um, did like a burst of speed to give him speed 3 instead of speed 1 um, for a round, which got him into combat with Maul. He hacked him up real bad, and I managed to survive on one one wound. The next turn, I managed to play a bunch of cards to get me out of combat with Vader. Um, but a, the one remaining Royal Guard that I couldn't deal with because Vader murdered all of my pikes, um, managed to shoot at Maul and um, just did a wound, and that was it. That was that. Once Maul was down, there was no more dealing with Vader. Um, then, oh, we had, that was all on my Star Wars Games Day thing that I hosted. Um, so we had, like, 16 people out playing X-Wing. We had eight people playing, um, Legion. I wasn't running either event. Brian was running Legion and, um, Will was running the X-Wing tournament. So I was just, like, floating around, playing casual games here and there and just generally being, you know, my charming self. <laughs> um, so it was good fun but yeah after, after the event had finished i like cooked up a bunch of hot dogs and we had like hot dogs and hung out and just chatted and i had a, a bit of a tailgate uh but not tailgating it was just in the inside so that was that was really good fun i'm gonna try and do that more often yeah it sounds like a good time for everybody yeah and then other than There's that uh, y'all getting it gaming yes it was one of those like 16 people's a good turnout for us recently. Um, I, we, especially like it wasn't, it wasn't a, a star championships. It wasn't anything. It was just a, like a monthly casual tournament. Um, and yeah, we had a bunch of people who've not been out for a while, people relearning the game. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of worked as advertised, did what I wanted it to. So that was really nice. Um, I played some Scrabble that Joe's mum and dad are here. So uh, we had a game of Scrabble the other night. I I enjoyed that because I'm like dyslexic as fuck and um, really, really bad at Scrabble. Well, I don't know. I Did you get bonus points for adding used to words? Um, well, it's the Scrabble dictionary. So if it's in the Scrabble dictionary, it counts. Just checking. I, uh, yeah, That's I, an extra uh, letter. I'm just saying it changes the whole strategy. Well, my strategy revolved around ditching the Q because I didn't have a U. So I, I sacrificed a turn to get rid of my Q and a bunch of other shit letters that I didn't want. Um, and then at the end, I won because Jill pulled the Q. So I handed it off to her and she couldn't use it. Uh, and she was in the lead, but it kind of knocked her down to be below me. And then I was in the lead. I was like, yes, yes, my strategy of ditching these shit letters worked. Why think of words when I can give them to other people? Um, so there's <laughs> the, a strong uh, the... strategy. It really is. Well, and, and just remember, though, Q and I is actually a word. Uh, um, well, what was I disappointed? I did well with like, 
Jill was like, is this word? I was like, yeah, it's a word. And like, this uh, what was Exxon was uh, a word. And uh, it was a couple. But then for my own letters, I was like, they're a derp, derp, derp. Can't really think of anything. <laughs> I, I managed to finish out with like, bye and my. And... <laughs> Sometimes that's what the game gets down to. Yeah, yep. there's, a, there's a B there. I've got a Y, you know. This is what we're talking Because we are now lack of focus, the non X Wing podcast, we get to give you full on Scrabble strategies now. Hell yeah. This is right. what everyone tunes in for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I've been doing that. I, I actually. Um, so, Chad, the guy I work with on Tuesday night, is running Age of Sigma. Um, we're doing a Path to Glory campaign to kind of coincide with the. Uh, the the tailing off of a 40k crusade that was going on uh and the guy came in last week asking and but chad was off sick so i sent chad upstairs to play age of sigma so i kind of just ran the till on tuesday did, did a little bit of work but i took some some plague bearers in so that i could do some painting so i've actually finished all 60 plague bearers are done Ooh. I've I've got the last ones. I've not taken a picture of them yet because the last the last layer of water effect is currently drying, and that's on the last turn that I had to actually paint. Like, so I had fifty that were previously finished, but then didn't live up to my current standards after eleven years of just sitting with no work done on them. So they all got retouched and everything. Um, so that's a nice feeling. Uh, I've actually put. Like I filled two shelves in the cabinets at the store with my army now, so I kind of have more enough to play the uh, twenty-five to fifty points that we're playing for Crusade for forty k for the Age of Sigma event that Chad started. I was looking at the rules, and it's a, it gets a little bit weird. I, I I don't know if I'm doing it wrong if I don't understand it, but uh, we're doing a Vanguard formation, which is a lowest level, so six hundred points. I can only take one hero and I can only take one demon unit per hero unless it's a great unclean one. I can't have a great unclean one because we've only got 600 points and I can't take more than 10, a 10 wound general. So Interesting. I can't, I can't actually field an army because I can't take demon units because I only have one hero. So I'm like, so... I, but, 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 so the the book, the Mag of Kin of Nurgle book for Age of Sigma does have mortal followers in it as well. But I've, and I've got the models. I just, they are all new models that I haven't painted because when I did the army, Mag of Kin of Nurgle didn't exist. It was pure demons. So I've upstairs on my, uh, my spray board, I have um, a lot of, oh, Oh, this is going to be a good one. Oh, what? oh, I've got my phone. This is okay. I'll edit it out. No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm thick as fuck. Um, he is a lord of... It's not a lord of plagues, because that's one with a giant axe who looks cool. He is a lord of... Blights. A lot of... Obviously, it was a lord of blights. I don't know why you were all dating me. I, um, I, I never doubted you for a moment. So he's got this cool, like, fly shield. I'll... I'll find the model and post it in the discord but i think he i think he looks pretty cool but he gives my blight knights who are the human nurgle followers um he gives them a ranged attack 
and like they throw they, they effectively have blight grenades but in fantasy and the number of attacks is one attack per model in the enemy unit so uh, yeah I'll, I'll take that heck yeah so you might want to double check your codex i know for the way that they write 40k codexes they may write it differently for age of sigmar i get but the way that the 40k codexes are written um if you take a specific unit like certain units you can take other units that would be no, this this is a specific restriction on doing a path to glory which if you think about what a path uh, to glory uh, is uh. it kind of makes sense because a demon can't become more exalted in the eyes of its god because it's already achieved demonhood like, really... and, yeah and it's fine. I had plans to do. I already own these models. It's not like I had to go out and buy them to be able to play. It's just because I was coming at it from redesigning an old army first because it was less work. I'm now like, oh man, we want to start playing this week. And I've spent the last two weeks painting um, stuff that, just, you know, just the wrong things. Well, but I'm sure that they wouldn't like have designed the army so that you couldn't functionally play it at smaller point values you can it's just i wouldn't like so and maybe i'm missing the word and it was very late and i was trying to watch andor and i don't really it's my first experience of trying to figure out path to glory but it's like you the benefit the demon units get is they can't be injured they you summon them out of the warp they fight for you then they go away and so they're not on your army roster so maybe i if i add them to my roster um i can and that, you know maybe that's an optional thing and i'm just getting myself confused but again i don't really mind these okay. are cool models that i i had anyway yeah like i said i've never played uh, age of sigmar not one lick so i couldn't honestly tell you the right answer to that one yeah, so i'm just sharing the uh the models in the discord now so that's my general these are not my paint jobs obviously it's just stock stuff so this is what I had to do. Some big Nurgle, um, demony people. Oh yeah, but I really like the shield on the general. That'll be good fun Ooh. to do. So I actually I undercut. I didn't very rarely do I not fully assemble my models before I paint them. But for this guy, because the shield's so big and chunky, I've kind of left that and I've undercoated that black so I can do a really re deep, rich tone on it. And then the actual model I've done in white, so I can do just contrast paints on it. No, those oh. are good. Yeah, it should be fun. I'm excited. But yeah, that's it. That's all I've done. Any word on when other Games Workshop is going back to the full square bracing? I, I know that is something that they had announced a while ago that they, hey, it's kind of coming and it's kind of in the works, but I haven't heard a peep about it. Warhammer, the old world news. Okay. Just out of curiosity. Because again, so every once in a while, I'm not going to lie, every once in a while, I will get an itch and I will look over at that Age of Sigmar stuff and go, oh, some of that stuff is kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. Age of Sigmar is a fun game. Uh, it's it's like 40k if you remove all of the shit. Hmm. Hmm. Like, it's not, a, I don't think it's as deep as 40k. Maybe I'm doing it a massive injustice, but... From the, the surface level, because again, I'm only re-exporting myself to these mainline GW games at the moment. So I don't know that my takes are necessarily 100%, you know, take that to a bank kind of takes yet. But 
uh, yeah, for me, I really enjoyed it. It's been, it just works. It's it's a more modern game than 40k because 40k is it's still tied to its heritage. 40k, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. Well, I think any game that they make will end up being tied to that, no matter what they do. To some, as in the uh, the the d6 is the hit die, the way you roll to hit, roll to wound, armor saves. It's a very um, dated way of playing it. The the my full activations, your full activations, all of that kind of stuff. Right. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's I've actually been enjoying. I say I've only played two games of 40k, but I've been enjoying them. Been good. I like. I've got a win and a draw. It's pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um. But no, it's good. I'm happy. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, uh. Is that all you got there, Chris? You, uh, yeah, that's me. You're, you're carrying the show tonight on gaming. So, um, well, yeah. for me, I have I've actually played a few arcade games. Um, my friend Chris came over. He Chris was the was the person who started X Wing in Omaha with me. Ooh. Now, I wouldn't say that it was by his choice, but um, he basically tagged along and then helped me with the he he did a lot of work like on figuring out how game nights would go things like that so that's that's the more of what he did um where i kind of ran the show and made sure the ship stayed afloat and stuff and he played up until i think mid-wave four maybe before and then he kind of pulled out of the game and and decided that it wasn't for him, but he was a really good player for the Oma. I don't, I don't think he he bought like a corset and then basically won every other ship that he owned, <laughs> other than maybe other than maybe one or two. But he he was the uh, winner. Let's see, what did he get? He got he ended up with the interceptor on the Imdar Alpha um, game day that they had when they had the ships to give away at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, what was that wave three um but anyway he came over and yeah, so we did... that would have been the castle run i think now castle run was the where you got the that falcon was fo- yeah yeah that was the... alpha was the z95 defender um yeah so he um, played yeah so he, he he got the he got the millennium falcon from from the kessel run he got that so that was his falcon and then like during tournaments and store events and stuff, we gave away prizes and, and he basically won like all of his TIE fighters and stuff out of the TIE fighter packs we gave away. And that's pretty damn impressive. Yeah. He was a really good player. Uh, he, he was, when he plays games, he plays games. So it's, it's play to win with him. And so it's kind of funny him and I, we have, we have a lot in common. Like I said, you know, I met him, at a con in 2012, which is the same con we're going to this weekend. Um, but I met him at a, a local con in 2012, and I was demoing X-Wing. And basically from there, we just hit it off and, you know, been friends kind of like us, you know, where X-Wing brought us together as friends. And, you know, it's it's been that way ever since. And But he came over the other night, and Wednesday night he came over and we played uh, – some Tecmo Bowl on the old uh, At Games Legend Ultimate, and uh, we played uh, two players, so we were on the same team. 
and ended up winning both the games because you're playing against a computer, which isn't very sophisticated, we'll call it. And so he came over last week also, and we pretty much did the same thing where, you know, it's like what you used to do as a kid where you'd come over to your friend's house and play console games or whatever. Oh, he yeah. just comes over and, and plays arcade games. And, and then, of course, he decides, well, you know, this is so cool. I'm going to purchase my own at Games Legend. So he'll have one at his house and we'll have one here along with all the other games here. So, well, and then that, because I think Connects Online, you two can just friend each other on the network and then challenge each other's scores. Yeah, I think I think at some point that'll be kind of how it works. Um, but with the, the, the preloaded games that come on the system, I don't think any of those are, are built like that. But the future of it is they're going to do um, lobbies and all of that type of stuff. So because you got to remember, you know, it's the, the machine comes with preloads. And then, of course, you you add other games to the system is how I'll put it. And and then you have thousands of games to play, basically. So. Um, other than that, I haven't done much gaming. Um, this weekend, I'm going to a con. Um, it's a board game convention here in Omaha called NewCon, and I've signed up for a bunch of games to play. Um, Captain Sonar will play a couple times, um, and then a bunch of like war game type games, some some old uh, older games that a friend of ours that lives in Atlanta comes up and runs them, and. So we pretty much, you know, just that'll be our weekend. And I got a hotel. It's just a it's like a five minute drive from my house. But I get a hotel room when I go because it's easier for me to, you know, instead of getting in the car at one o'clock in the morning, coming home, sleeping, getting up and then going back. I do the do the rent, you know, get the hotel room and stuff. So I'll have that. And and it'll be a lot of fun for sure. It will. We'll have a lot to do. And uh Probably play a lot of games over over Friday, Saturday, and a little bit into Sunday. So, looking forward to that. And it's it's a board game convention, role playing convention. Um, you know, people have posted playing Twilight Imperium, which to me is like going to Gen Con and running a tournament for three days. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know that type of thing. So, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I have done. It I haven't done a lot game wise, just because my son just moved home and I'm still finishing up the arcade in the base. Once that thing's done, I'll be down there all the time. But um, right now I still have a couple games to build and then I'm going to do a little bit of rearranging before I, you know, decide to call it an open arcade at that point and then start using it. So that's pretty much my, my been my two weeks and not, not a whole lot going on, but uh, looking forward to the future. That still sounds like it was a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, I just wish I had more time to do it more right now. So tonight's topic is going to be Star Wars, but it's not going to be that broad of a topic. It's going to be really what I want to talk about. It's something we've wanted to talk about for two years now. Oh, boy. Are Basically, what I want to talk about is the live action shows that Star Wars is putting out. And... If it's meeting what we would call a standard for for shows. Ooh, that's not what I expected you to drop. Nope, nope. But uh, I, I think it's interesting. So growing up with Star Wars my entire life and being of that generation that grew up with Star Wars in 77, 
I find it interesting to see how the Star Wars community is is handling a lot of this stuff that's coming out, you know, with the release of Andor and which is the one I've waited for the longest as far as the live action stuff goes. And so far with good reason. Um, you know, I've I've tried to figure out, you know, how to how to quantify or or accept the new style of Star Wars, the new, you know, the live action shows. And, you know, with the exception of one, which to me is the Book of Boba Fett, I've enjoyed them all quite a bit. You know, The Mandalorian, of course, was probably the best produced uh, show, with the exception of a couple episodes in the first season. Mm. But Cave, Cave Spiders. Yeah, Cave Spiders, and there was one other, the one when they were on the ship and you had uh, Clancy Brown, that episode. I love Clancy Brown. Yeah, but that one was just kind of a letdown. Yeah. You know, you know, that was, that it, was the Bill Burr episode. It, well, it was the first Bill Burr, Burr episode, and it just kind of, you know, it just kind of faltered in my opinion, both both visually and, and story-wise. It just wasn't very interesting to me, but... But, you know, I'm I'm not a purist. I'm not a person who says, you know, Star Wars has to follow this line, this path, and be this thing. I'm much more open-minded with it. And, you know, I, I look at, so The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, um, the Obi-Wan series, which was an interesting series to me, because where they failed in Boba Fett, I think they at least did okay in Obi-Wan. You know, where... They had a story arc and they followed it with that character for the most part. Yeah, introduced a lot of characters, which I know pissed a lot of people off. But for me, to me, it was still pretty linear, you know, in its path. And bringing a young Leia in, kind of interest. That's to me, that's an interesting chance to take because you have a potential continuity issue if you go back to the original Star Wars story. Kinda. You know, but books, you know, books can bring all that into line or other shows can bring all that into line. And then, of course, you have what Ahsoka coming up. Is that yep. the next Oh, boy, one? I can't wait for that one. And I'm not really talking about the cartoons, you know, the the animated ones. Those sure, are the sure. ones I'm talking about here, even though I think animation today is almost as, you know, almost live action, you know, with with everything. Yeah, but you're specifically restricting the the context of this specific con, uh, conversation to live action film yep. or TV, right? And you know, you could, I, I think it's hard to do because of Rebels, because Rebels has a huge impact, and Clone Wars has a huge impact sure on a lot of the stories. But to me, it's like you know, the live action is the closest thing that comes to the to the movies. You know, it's real actors doing real things. Um, you know. One of the things I want to talk about real quick with Andor, and there are spoilers, so I hate to say it, but we are going to talk and we're going to bring things up in the show. But the one thing I appreciate about Andor is the practical sets, you know, using practical effects and practical sets where Obi-Wan, I think, did a decent job with that. There was some, I'm not sure, I don't totally remember everything in Book of Boba Fett, but I think they weren't they still in the volume for a lot of that one, or were they on practical sets for book? I think no. I I feel like um, Andor is the first one that specifically is 
marketed as not using volume as much, gotcha. or if at all, actually. Um, so yeah, and and it shows. You know, when you you know with with the Mandalorian, I think the Mandalorian would have had a hard time catching ground if they don't put the baby in it. You know, that's just my opinion. I th- I think it would have worked without the baby. But you look at season three, at the end of season two, what they Luke gets the baby and starts training the baby. And pretty much, I think we know in season three, he has the baby back. So yeah, we know that because we saw that in Boba Fett. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you, what, would that be considered a dose, whatever it is, uh dose ex machina having the baby in there and kind of forcing that in. So Sean, uh, I, for me, I'm a hundred percent in your camp. I remember we talked about this at the end of season two of the Mandalorian. Um, where we had talked about like you really want one of the shows that genuinely interested you was a show that George Lucas had pitched years and years and years ago. It's whenever he first tried to make a Star Wars live action TV series, and he wanted to do I forget what the title, the working title of that one was, but it was basically the the dirty underbelly of the yep. Star Wars universe that had nothing to do with the Jedi, that had very light contact with the Imperial the Empire or the rebels, but he wanted to see what like those, those rogues, those, you know, those scruffy nerf herders living on the, un- like the rest of the people who aren't a part of the main cast or the main story. Like there's billions of people living across this galaxy. We only ever see bits and pieces of it or their background characters. We wanted to know more about that. That's what I was genuinely looking forward to. I think the Mandalorian light touched on that. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, free a whole bunch of spoiler alerts, red alerts, get all the flashing lights. Holy crap, did Andor definitely give it, it when looking for that specific aspect of the Star Wars universe? Holy crap, did, did, did Andor deliver on that? I was sitting down watching the first episode. My son had missed the first two minutes. So he never saw the Star Wars intro. He never saw, like, you know, the anything from the Star Wars. All he saw was. Andor and just kind of like all the interactions with the people. He got 35 minutes into that show, had no idea that he was watching Star Wars. No right. clue. Because he leaned over to me at one point. He's like, he's like, this is really good. What are we watching? Because he just thought it was some new sci-fi TV series. And I'm like, this is Andor. And he's like, this is Star Wars? And I was like, yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Well, I think, you know, I, what, what's interesting to me is I, so right now, because I've only gone through it once, and I hate waiting. God. This is what's going to kill me is I have to wait for episodes. So I'm going to watch this and I'm going to wait for episodes and it's going to drive me nuts just because I, A, I'm always late to shows. So whenever I'm on top of something, really, I would just wish that they just did the Netflix thing and just dropped it all at once. You know, that would be, but of course, you're not going to get new viewership to Disney Plus and all that, you know, if you drop it all at once. And that's a marketing tool that they have. But, but I will say, you know, I associate a lot of the characters right now just with things that my brain will catch on to, like the the weird what what are they the pro something what what's their the cop guys that are chasing Andor? Oh, the pro corp or I forget I forget. Yeah, I can't remember the the corporate some generic corp name. It it didn't matter. It didn't matter who they guys the the bad guys. Yeah, yeah, the bad guys. You know and. When you see the the main protagonist or, or antagonist has the big chin, you know I'm thinking Kyle McLaughlin and the sergeant or whoever that was that was with him in episode three. Oh my right- god, that's who that is. 
No, no, but it just reminds me of that. It, okay, because as soon as you said, I'm like, oh my god, that could be him. I could totally see that. You're right. It's yeah. right, if it's not, but oh my god, yeah. Yeah, you know, because they're using mostly unknown people, you know, which is pretty cool too. So this is a lot more like Lucas. One thing I will say that helps this a lot is the fact that they have one writer and one director for the series. So far, yeah. So, so far for the first three, everything has been consistent. There hasn't been a change of taste or a change of flow with the show. And and I remember, you know, sending the first message when I asked Chris what he thought of it. And he's like, it's a first episode. Well, yeah, definitely a first episode. You're trying to figure out what's going on and catch on. And but well, with so this... I mean, for me, I don't want to. Well, I don't want to do a review of Andor again because I want to watch the whole series kind of thing. But for me, right, it was, uh, it felt slow. Right. Similar complaints to what I see people having about the ring, the rings of power. It just, it's slow, methodical. But I, I don't, I don't need anything else at the moment. I, you know what I mean? I think it fits. I I'm quite happy with it. Whether it's good or not, I'll tell you at the end. But yeah, I, I'm not. I don't want to. I'm not going to give my full like breakdown and thoughts on Andor specifically. I'll weigh in on the topic overall. But right. yeah, I I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, it's what I like about it is it's flowing well. You know, each episode is the next episode in the storyline, where it's not putting me in a serial where I have a new story, basically, you know, kind of like the Mandalorian was doing in the beginning where even though every episode was kind of building to something, it still was all one episode. This is like watching a movie to me, you know, with, with breaks in it so far, seemingly, you know, well, and I think that's legitimately what the idea was for releasing three episodes all at once was that it I was think... in- intended because they knew that that story was going to be a bit of a slow burn. Yeah, so they wanted I, to lean I think, into that. I think Andor flops if you do one episode. I don't think people would watch episode one and then the way people are, I just I think that there's, the complaints outweigh the uh, the benefits of dragging your your subscription magnet out for an extra two weeks. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I do agree. But overall, kind of what it, what what I want to get at tonight is really what your thoughts are on the live action out of Disney so far. And I know that there's a lot on the internet and there's a lot mm. out there, but really it's something we really haven't talked about. You know, we, we were always going to do in focuses on each show and episodes yeah, of that... shows or whatever. And really, you know, now I think is the time because we're seeing maybe progress, you know, maybe, rather than maybe, Rather than going backwards like Boba Fett did, we're seeing progress. And of course, everybody, there's probably a small, narrow group of people like me, because Andor is my favorite character. So I've been looking for, forward to this for a long time. And what Ed said, I love that under the underbelly, and I want to see the underbelly of everything. And really kind of more of how the rebellion started. You know, what, what the 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 nuts and bolts of the rebellion, not just the rich people side of the rebellion. It's you know? <laughs> a good, that's a good point of view, you know? And, and I think this show is going to scratch that itch for me for sure. And I also like it too. We know what this character's end is. Oh yeah. hundred percent. But we get two seasons of getting to that point, which is amazing to me, you know, because Cassian, you know, 
the first time we meet Cassian in Rogue One, he shoots a guy and then shoots stormtroopers. You know, just shoots a guy, cold blood, shoots him. And what does he do in this? You know, it's very telling to what that character is, which is really good. But I, I don't want to get too far into that. So anyway, the topic tonight for for us is what have you guys thought so far of all the live action that's come out? All right, can I? I... I've had to think and rethink and readjust my positions on these quite a few times. Usually it's Chris pointing out some fallacy in my thought process whenever I am discussing some of the live action TV shows. So I'm going to take a very calculated statement in this, in that overall, when it has been new characters in a different time frame that we haven't seen and there hasn't been established lore or established expectations on those characters i feel that disney star wars has succeeded overall in producing good shows some of them not great but good watchable shows i remember when the mandalorian came out and Chris was like, is the Mandalorian really, really good? Or were you just extraordinarily disappointed with the sequel trilogy? And this was just more of a reset back to what you were sort of expecting from Star Wars. And that statement has stuck with me for years since he said it, because it was an accurate statement. It wasn't so much that the Mandalorian was so mind-blowingly good that it made the trilogies look, you know, inferior in, in retrospect. It's the fact that I genuinely did not care for specifically the last two movies that they did in the sequel trilogy. And that kind of, you know, spoiled the milk a little for me on Disney live action. However, if I take a very objective step back and say, what stuff did they do that I really did enjoy? Well, I really liked Rogue One. First movie that we saw out of Disney Star Wars out of the gate, I thought was really, really good. Whole bunch of new characters that we hadn't seen. Did we get a little taste of Vader at the end, which we know was at, which was added in towards the end? Did we get a, you know, younger um, Princess Leia in the last 90 seconds of the movie? Sure. But overall, that complete story was Cassian Andor and Saul Guerrero and, you know, generous like, the whole cast of that movie good i enjoyed that movie i enjoyed the mandalorian i really enjoyed the three episodes that i watched of cassie nandor i've and again we go into rebels rebels was one of the actually the first project now that i'm thinking about was the first project that disney released a whole bunch of new characters there were some touches where we did touch on some some legacy characters but i thought that they were done well and respectively considering the time frame I've enjoyed all of those. So if I were to take an objective look at myself as a Star Wars fan, every time they seem to touch legacy characters, I feel they do a disservice to them. Which is why I think I made the point a couple of weeks ago, whenever we had another, we talked about them briefly or something else, was that I really genuinely feel that Disney would be much, much better off focusing in a different time frame on different characters that didn't touch the original characters because every time they do, they disappoint no matter, they disappoint someone somewhere along the lines. Either, and like I said, true or false, depending on how you look at it, they can either take legacy characters and knock them down several pegs to make other characters look better or feel better or feel stronger or whatever, for whatever reason, some people take that perspective of, well, Ray had to beat Luke Skywalker in a lightsaber battle because we needed her character to be better than Luke. 
I don't know that I agree with that was the intent. Um, I can see someone's perspective from them taking that thought process, taking away from that. Um, so for me, I would much rather see stuff like Andor. I would much rather see stuff like The Mandalorian. I would much rather, like even the Ahsoka one, like, again, if we're limiting this to the live action, we only got to see a little bit of her uh, with Rosario Dawson playing her in The Mandalorian. I'm really kind of curious to see where that series goes and what it does. It's going to touch on a lot of the Rebel stuff, which for me, I really enjoyed. I so, think that's where that success will come from because you're not drawing back to the original trilogy or really the Skywalker legacy. Agreed. Yeah. Like I think that's, I think legitimately that's where they fail. I think right. that is the one area where there is a lot of at levels of expectation on those characters. There's a lot of legacy nerds like myself that wanted to see Luke Skywalker, the way that he appeared in the Mandalorian season two and not the way that he appeared in the last Jedi, for example, like that was the Luke that we wanted to see, not the one that we got. So, and again, like I almost criticized, I, I kind of sort of semi criticized and take note. I did not put the book of Boba Fett in my stuff of stuff that I genuinely enjoyed because I feel that was another legacy character that they touched on that for some people were extraordinarily disappointed in, and they added more Luke and they, and they took away the one thing that I really enjoyed about the Mandalorian season two, which was, and now, Baby Yoda is gone from the TV show. Now it's just going to be the Mandalorian. Now it's going to be all the stuff that's going on there. Like it was great to kick off the series with Baby Yoda. We ought everyone excited for it. Now we're going to rotate that character out and then just focus on on the Mandalorian and uh, and Denjarin. But we'll see where they go with that. We'll see what the adjustment is. So, so is that is my very guarded, very trying to be objective, looking at myself as a Star Wars fan statement on Disney live action as it stands right now. And that's a fair, fair assessment. Chris, how about you? I, I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to be the most shocking from this, but the more, the more Star Wars I watch, the less I care. Yeah. And that, that isn't that I don't like Star Wars anymore. It isn't that the shows aren't entertaining. I just, maybe it's overexposure. Maybe it's, I don't find myself disappointed in them in the same way that Ed has mentioned he has been a couple of times. I've got bits and like choices that I, I've not been a fan of, but nothing um, nothing that's overpowered me. Like, I don't know if it's just the point of my life that I'm at now that, like, yeah, I don't know. I, you, I've, I've just tidied up, but I just spent the last two days, we've had... Uh, all of my Lego Star Wars, like, we've been playing Lego Star Wars and we've been like, watching Lego Star Wars in the background while we're playing and just having fun with even exposing her to like little bits and pieces of Star Wars. But I don't, I don't know that I care enough about it to have a strong reaction anymore. I, I feel like, and I, I definitely don't think it's Disney or the shows. I think... It's a fan base. I think I'm just tired of it all. Like, I I miss a time where, like, oh, you you didn't like the prequel trilogy. All right, okay. <laughs> you, Attack of Clones is a pretty bad movie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we all agree. Cool, we didn't really like that one. That could have been better. Cool, yeah. Right. I think they, I know. think they focus on Phantom Menace a lot more and how boring than no, the, like, the sand. Attack of Clones is, is the, comes from yeah. 
Well, no, as in like, Attack of Clones is the weakest of all of them because like there's Agreed. a lot, a lot in Phantom Menace, and like maybe, but like, but this is a conversation that would would have happened that you know it would have been respectful. Sure, because because yeah. Lu- Lucas was behind it and it's really difficult to kind of be like, well, I, you- I don't even think it's that. Ed. I honestly just think it's the internet. Yeah, I, I, that's it, that's what I was just gonna say. I think that the exposure is so heavy now and you know ba- back then you had to have the storybooks to get all of the weird background stuff that people bitch about today and everything but yeah i it makes me a little bit sad that i don't care but then i'm also happy that i don't care <laughs> in, in, enough to be upset about it if you know what i mean like yeah no I I'll, what was the um i can't even think Oh, but maybe it was the Lord of the Rings stuff I'm more focused on in my head on, on this particular point. I but haven't, all of the, all of I haven't cast, that one yet. But all of the casting drama from that, I don't want to go into it all, but obviously there's been a lot of drama around it. I, I just don't give a shit. The show will either be good or it won't. What, the, the, why, why do we care? Why does, it, why does any of it matter? And uh, the same things from, like... Um, Kelly Marie Tran, I can't remember her full name now. I feel terrible. Yeah, no, I think you're right. That, that's it's, it. That's her name. Yeah. Um, but um, the Rose character and like, do we really need to bully people on the internet? Like, you know, well, especially not, people who don't who take I a get, role. Well, I mean, they did it to Boyega too. Yeah, and I get. Don't I understand that this isn't star, like this isn't all Star Wars fans, you know. Not all men. Whatever you, whatever joke you want to make about the the conversation I'm bringing to the table with this, but the fact that it's what not not so much we as in us, but like it's what what the media and the, the headlines always focus on are the these little negative groups, and I think it undermines the joy of something because yeah. there's always a negative that people want to focus on because it gets more. Like, there's more to be gained from hate clicking than there is from like positivity, and it just makes me sad. And that's definitely an internet thing. Um, Morning is a Disney and a Star Wars thing. So as I take that, like, and we've had these com- types of conversations ourselves. And like, I bit my tongue when you brought up book with Boba Fett because you know what? It, it was cool to see Boba Fett around a rank off. Fuck you both, you know? Yeah, no, I'm... No, was I'm I... Just... All right, I'm not... All right, I feel like I need to defend... No, no, I feel like I need I, to defend I, that, but hold on. Can I, I, on your point, I won't go into Boba Fett. I'll go into the other point. Um, yeah. So one of the things that you said that definitely struck true for me, can we all universally agree that assholes on the internet are assholes in the internet and their opinions don't matter? I don't feel that actors or actresses should be bullied online or pushed off of Twitter because you didn't like a character that they played in the movie for the love of God, grow the fuck up. I think we can all agree on that. Now, if I take that little section and set that aside, what I don't care for is people using the very, very small percentage of internet trolls as an excuse to deflect from legitimate criticisms of a movie. I myself am not a racist. I am not a sexist. I don't care. Do you think, that... do you think though that this is this is a problem with fandom 
with these deep lore, you know, these, these movies with this deep lore behind, like, here's a good example, right. Dune. Well, look at Dune. There were people pissed off the way that they cast Dune and who they cast is the same thing as it was, you know, when Force Awakens came out. It's the same thing as it is right now in Disney movies, you know, the, the, I can't, Little Mermaid. Um, oh, yeah, we can get it. Yeah. You know, I, I think, I think Chris hits it 100%. It's, it's the internet and then it's easy to, you know, and we live in such a caustic time to begin with where you sure, know, every, 100%. everybody's always butting heads to the point where it's hit the entertainment industry too. It's hit sports, entertainment, it hits everything to the point where you almost just have to sit in your own cocoon and enjoy what you like and, you know, and not watch what you don't like. Well, that's kind so, of what I mean. That's kind of what I mean though. So that, that's why I want to like, why I want to put those toxic internet trolls from any specific community. doesn't matter which one they are. Those folks belong in their own special corner of hell if it exists and let them stay there and, and rage click on a computer all they like. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is because I didn't like The Last Jedi for what I felt were legitimate reasons that had nothing at all to do with the fact that Ray was a female that Finn was played by an African, uh, African, by a black character. He's not, he's not American. I can't say African American. Because he's British. A, yeah. Cause he, yeah. Cause he's British. I can't say it um, because he was a black stormtrooper Doesn't bother me. The fact that Ray was a female Jedi doesn't bother me. The fact that, you know, Kellyanne Tran was an Asian actor in a movie doesn't bother me and female doesn't bother me. The fact that the story in my mind was shit. It destroyed a character that I grew up, idolizing as a child and the story doesn't make any sense and doesn't follow through with established lore prior to that that's the stuff that i have but i don't feel that it's justified to take my legitimate criticisms that have nothing to do with the I, hate the hate corner that we put over so there i, I want to i don't get to get put into bit. that group i don't get to be you, put you into guys that have points so i need to jump in sorry but sure I, i'm i want to push back a little bit on your comment of legitimate criticism because you you can you are allowed to not like it but i'm allowed to not give a fuck if you liked it or not sure of course 100 percent. i 100 yeah. agree with that statement and it, the the there's this line of like if we're if we want to have a conversation about the um last jedi we can have a conversation and i think we did, that, I think we did a whole show no, on no, but, yeah we've done it multiple times and it but like we can't like you you cannot like it i cannot like it it doesn't like i don't think it's a particularly good movie i think we've had the conversation before i think it's like it's a it has it's a good movie the it's makings a of a good, no it has the makings of a good film so like, this is my delineation between movies and films and that kind of the popcorn value i think it's trying to take itself more seriously than it needs to blah 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 but like, i have these thoughts about it but I don't care. Like they made a movie I didn't like. Like happens every day, man. People oh. write books I don't like. People, you know, tell jokes I don't like. I don't find funny. Or sure, you I'm know, gonna... I I I eat food and it's not the best. You know, sometimes stuff happens you don't like it. Like well, and that's I, why I'm definitely. It's allowed. It should be allowed to happen. It should be okay because if everything has to be something that 
everybody likes, then it's impossible. So, well, no, and I, again, I'm a hundred percent agreeing with you. I hundred percent agree with that. I think that you and I are both capable of having our own opinions of a particular movie or a piece of media that differ. I just don't like the, what I didn't care for was the, well, the reason why this movie or this TV show is failing is because all of X, all of these, this little corner no, but, of the internet. But again, that, that isn't designed to be an accurate reflection. That's designed to make you upset and mad so that you engage. That's and, how the internet works. And that, that is fair, which is the reason why ultimately in the end, I've always been a fan of vote with your dollar, vote with your remote. If there is a show that you don't particularly care for, don't watch it. If there is a product that you or a company that makes a product that you don't particularly care for, don't buy it. So that, that's, that's where I'm at on this as far as that's going. Really quick to to pull us back towards the what are we now four live action shows? Is that four? No, no. Um, so we started... Mandalorian, Boba Fett, Obi Wan, um, Obi Wan, this one. And, and so we're at, we're at four, and then what is it's it? Soon to be is five. It, this month, you're going to see Ahsoka come out too? Isn't that this month? Or no, it's next I month. Think, no, it's cool. Tales of a Jedi, I think, comes out this month. And and it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, Sean. If you'd have included animation, there's a good chance I'm a lot more positive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah. I want to hit that on a later, you know, on another. No, it, it's okay. I'm, you, it's your show. You frame the topic. No, no, no. The, I get that. The topic and, is and, an option. I, I find that the. the the side of Star Wars fandom that comes out comes out for live action more than it does for animation. I so. agree. I agree. You know, and that's an interesting thing because, and, and I don't understand why that is because if you're like, I'm not a huge fan of the Clone Wars series, the, the animated series, just because it's off putting to me because of the way my brain works and the artwork. It's really hard for me to, to get that. Through my, I, I still enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it, but it was just not. It wasn't like Rebels, you know. Rebels was so good when you're watching it, and when I watch, when I watched the Book of Boba Fett, which is the least, my least favorite of all the series. I'm not a Boba Fett fan as far as fandom goes. I'm not one of those guys that thought he was cool, you know, for what was it, three minutes of screen time total. You know, and then remember, I'm not one of those people that read all the books, you know, so I don't have I don't have that love and admiration towards Boba Fett the way that other people. This is kind of a a tangent and a that's not a straw man. But anyway, um, the thing I really appreciate about Book of Boba Fett is it shows me how wrong it would have been to try to do something that Ed would have wanted with the original cast. Oh, I don't know about Cause, that. Because when well, you've, no, got no, this fat, I, I you've got agree. this fat Murray guy running around trying to squeeze into his armor, and like, <laughs> look, man, if I look that good when I'm 60-odd, fucking sign me up. I'm on board. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? That isn't, isn't, isn't supposed to be an insult to the actor, but, like, he can't be the Bubba Fett you want. Right. Right, but it's impossible. It's right. impossible. We, it, we should have done this twenty years ago. Well, and I appreciate- and, and it isn't twenty years ago. Like time doesn't work like that, so we can't have what Ed would have wanted, what I would have wanted. It can't happen. So you have to take that disappointment and just so, set it aside. 
this does still tie into the live action. So let's go into, and I totally had forgotten about this when I was uh, naming off the stuff that I liked, the live action that they had done. I had totally forgotten about the solo movie. Yeah. Do you want to know why? Because they released it too close to Last Jedi. That's why you forget about it. Maybe, maybe. I think it, or I'm just old and my it's genuinely slipped my mind because yeah. what i was thinking about whenever we were talking about the boba fett show and i and you were talking about the actor and i know you were being facetious when you were saying it though they've already recast other actors to play someone else now granted but they, when, they've when they, come out and said they won't do that because solo fought but in my opinion, they don't appreciate the reason why solo fought solo didn't fought because solo was bad solo well solo, solo yeah, it was backlash from one thing. It was fatigue because it came out within three. I think it was in March after. It so was if you in, think it was in May because I was in yeah. I was in Scotland and Ireland when I saw it. Right. Yes, but so like, if you think Last Jedi run December January. Yep. So a bunch of people would have seen that in late December because it's holiday period, whatever, uh, into January. Then you hit them with Solo, which was mad with production like issues all the way through. Is definitely a, f- a movie that struggles with its tone because of the direction changes and how it's all chopped together. Like, there's a there is a good fun core to the Solo that yeah. would have made it an entertaining movie had they released it in December. If yeah. Solo comes out in December, I don't think we are where we are now. No, I that's agree. my my firm belief. They can talk about solo flopping, but they engineered the situation that made it next to impossible for the movie to succeed because of what you know the whole package was fucked. Yeah, the direction yeah. they decided to take with Last Jedi left a sour taste in everyone's mouth. Not to mention, like you said, the fatigue time in between. Although I would argue that they have, prior to this Phase Four stuff, they have released marvel movies in that short of span of time that didn't flop so i don't know that i necessarily agree different different animal though different animal yes but i understand the comparison the venn diagram between marvel fans and star wars fans it's almost circular it's it's not even i I, I I do not disagree but i i i agree with you sean i think ed's point is off the mark so i think that Marvel works because I can dump a Captain America story and move on to a Spider-Man story. Right. You're not Having... like that. That's like saying you did like Avengers Endgame and then four weeks later did. You know what I mean? Like. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. If we want to draw that specific comparison, yeah, then I would. I yeah. Track my previous. It, it's. I, I do think this, and to add to what Chris is saying, I also think it shows that when you have a plan. It helps. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know if you've ever read the Incarnations of Immortality series. It's seven books written by Pierce Anthony. And then there was later an eighth one. And it's about the the minor incarnations. And I'm not going to go deep into it. But if you ever read book one, so you start with book one, which is about the incarnation of death. And you get to the last one, which is about Satan. All of it wraps together. Everything. It's all intertwined. So the story that you read in book one matters in book seven. It's it's perfectly done. 
sort of like how Michael J. Straczynski did Babylon 5, and you had scenes that appeared in season one that became important in season three, but later had payoffs in season four, because it was all written with a plan from beginning to end. And and that's where I think think live-action Star Wars has failed, and I think Star Wars in general has failed, because Lucas didn't have a plan. When you look at what Star Wars was to what Empire Strikes Back was, those were not two conjoined stories originally. You know, he had he wrote Star Wars. He had an idea. He created a, another storyline that was written by another author as a backup plan if the movie failed so that he could have a book to make a movie about that was completely different from what the Star Wars storyline was in Episode Four, and that's Splinter of the Mind's Eye. You know, because Splinter of the Mind's Eye is really book two Technically, of yes. that story. Technically, yes, but it was a backup to that story because Lucas didn't have a plan. And then when Star Wars blew up and he needed to make a second movie, it was easier to make the second movie, you know, with all of this, you know, because he already had some backstory written. Well, because again, you, was, have him, you have to keep in mind when he was originally producing and directing the first original Star Wars, he had no idea. They right. ran out of money in a lot of areas of that production. It could have easily have flopped. 20th Century Fox is breathing down his neck that he was going over budget. Yep. He legitimately expected that movie to fail. Right. And then if he wanted to continue the story, he needed another outward. I, I completely yep. agree with that. That's why yep. like, I have never bought into the story of Lucas had the whole episodes one through six all pre-planned out because yep. it's bullshit because if you take episodes one through six and you watch them in continuity you can find the continuity errors even between stories of the original trilogy like oh why does leia remember her mom because we see in episode three her mom dies while she's a baby there's no possible way that she can remember and we can even see further evidence moving forward with disney owning the property that leia grew up with a mom and she clearly would have remembered her. So unless something happens to Bail Organa's wife, right. like, so that line in Return of the Jedi doesn't make sense. There's no right. continuity between that. I've I've never agreed with the Lucas had one through six written in, you know, no. in beats. He, 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 himself, he himself admitted that he didn't, you know. Yeah. But, so that, but the problem is, the problem is with anything, you know, I'm a project manager, right? So everything is consistency and linear paths, right? You know, the the big term in following the golden path, you know, if you've ever dealt with project work, you follow the golden path, which is timeline, which you're trying to fit everything into this this single line from start to finish so that you don't stretch this line farther to the right. And one of the things that they did with Marvel is they seem to create a path and they followed the path for the most part as much as they could with, you know, everything that they had at their, their hands. Star Wars didn't do that. And I re- the reason why I think Rogue One and Andor will work is because there is no continuity issue with these two stories. You know, the only continuity piece in Rogue One was literally the plan, the Death Star plans getting to Leia on the ship. There was nothing else. Not, not nothing else. Vader being in that had nothing to do with it. It's kind of like the concept of of uh, Indiana Jones, the first the the first Indiana Jones movie. You could take Indiana Jones out of that movie, and the exact same thing would have happened. Yeah, because they would have taken the Ark to the island, and everybody would have died. The only difference is the Ark may not have ended up in a warehouse in America somewhere. 
That's the only difference. And it's Rogue One is the same thing where there's no path you're following. The problem that we, we had, in my opinion, if we're going to talk about it, is with is adding Luke into live action series. You know, because somebody had to train the baby. So Luke was the guy at the time. So mm-hmm. we got to throw Luke into the story because he had the Jedi Temple at the time, which there is no continuity in that, even when you're going with 7, 8, and 9. You know, there's still, there's so much ambiguity in it within the, the, the live action storytelling that I can't find continuity. in. You know, it's still good storytelling. Having Luke, it's cool. But, you know, me with Jedis, I'm not a big fan of them. I'm not a big fan of Luke to begin with. And, you know, it's why I liked Episode Eight a lot. It was just because Luke did what Yoda did. Luke did what Kenobi did. He did the exact same thing. You know, they weren't their glorious self. They were these washed up people who had guilt, complete guilt for the things that they did. And they ended up in solitude. Same thing, yep. you know, and, and that's why to me, eight works. There's a lot in the story that doesn't work just because if you're going to go down other paths with it. But what didn't work to me and, and Chris hit on this, what didn't work to me with Book of Boba Fett is the fact that you're trying to stuff a 60 year old guy into, you know, what what are we looking at, 80 so into 40-year-old armor, you know? I mean, that's hard to do. And, and, and of course, you know, the Tamir Morrison wasn't even the original Boba Fett, you know? No, I appreciate what trying to do. Yeah. And I don't don't get me wrong, I didn't mind Book of Boba Fett, but Boba Fett's not a favorite character of mine, you know? Yeah, so Boba I, Fett and Bo- Book of Boba Fett is 41 years old. Yeah, no. There's, so, well, I mean, the way that they age. did it, yeah, uh, yeah. The way that they did it is they burned, you know, burned up his skin so he could look older, you know. Oh, yeah, like I, the actor isn't. Bubba Fett should be 41 years old. Right. So and I would rather go. have seen yeah. the kid. I'd rather seen the kid from Clone Wars in that role than Tamir Morrison because it would have fit a little better, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's kind of where I was going when I brought up Solo was the fact that I wouldn't have minded if they had recast the actor mm-hmm. taken the kid that had played him had played Boba, played him and even if they wanted to do the same trick that they did whenever they did the special edition stuff and redubbed his voice over Boba Fett as he was talking okay fine i can handle that you could have done like a mando thing where he just never took his helmet off you could have easily adapted that where the actor underneath is still the young I and mean, if he has to take his helmet off he can um, like they, they could have gone down that road. I appreciate what they tried to do. I genuinely do. And I don't necessarily, like I said, necessarily I mean, have it, a problem with the actor himself at all. I don't. It's what they've done with Chewbacca. You know, Peter Mayhew yeah. didn't play Chewbacca in seven, eight, and nine. You know, it's, that's my whole point is. And I, I myself personally, I want a Donald Glover, um, Lando Calrissian series. I, oh, yeah. I, I loved him in that role. Again, I thought Billy D. Williams was going to be my only Lando ever, ever, ever. When I knew that someone else was going to be, I wasn't so much bothered by someone else playing Han as I was bothered by someone else playing Lando. But when I saw him in that film, I went, yep. All right. He's my Lando. I'm good. I'll, I'll be honest with you. He's a better Lando than Lando was. I know. I know. I hate just saying like, it because I love just Billy like you D. and McGregor is a better Obi-Wan. Than Sir, Guinness Sir Alec Guinness. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's movie making and, and movie making that is, has a, or storytelling, sorry, not just movie making, but storytelling 
you know, you're looking at what, 77. So you're looking at what, 45 years now we're, we're into this storyline, you know, you're into how many years with Lord of the Rings, you know, if you include mm. the Morallion and everything else, you know, Dune, how many years are you into Dune? You know, and, and I think it gets it's taken them this harder. long to get Dune right in my opinion. Again, I'm still withholding judgment until I see the second movie, but so far the first half has been pretty darn good. Yeah, with key elements missing. But yeah, it's still, uh, yeah, still pretty yeah. darn good, you know. And you can only do so much, you know. Uh, did you like the um the Lord of Rings trilogy, Sean? I, I really loved it, but I've never read the books. Did, 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 yeah, so you get to complain about Tom Bombadil not being in there. Yeah, uh, I, you you, you can't. There's no such thing as the movie of a book. There are movie right. adaptations of books, right? So I've never I've never seen a perfect adaptation. Never. So yeah. one of one of my favorite books is Children of Men. So if you've never read the book but you've seen the movie, you really don't totally understand what's going on. You know, because there's a lot of things that are happening in the movie that if you've never read the book, you will never fully understand. So I think the Lost World is a better book than Jurassic Park. Oh God, yes. I'm trying to think. So is that the I, was that the second Jurassic Park book? Yeah. I think well, there's only two Jurassic Park books. The, by so, Michael yeah. Crichton, yeah. yeah there's yeah. only two. Yeah. yeah. And I was just trying to figure out if there was a third or not. Because yeah. I personally I, 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 I read I, the original years book ago. was better than yeah. the movie. Yeah. Right. The, the oh, yeah. Lost World is one of my favorite novels. I really, yeah. really enjoy it. I must have read that like seven or eight times. And I actually read, not audible, actually read. I'm so happy to hear that I'm not the only one. I just legitimately had this conversation with someone at work the other day where um, I have read Alan Dean Foster's Alien probably about 30 times. I remember getting that book. All right, we'll take, we'll take, we'll take a step down Ed's memory lane here for a moment. When I was young, my grandmother used to go to a lot of yard sales and flea markets. And during the winter, she would do this indoor flea market. And I would go with her, help her set up her table and take us down. But that also meant like eight hours almost of sitting there with nothing to do. So I would roam around, find a book and pick one up. And I picked up an original hard box, which is right over there. Um, still have it. Uh, the original uh, hardback edition of Alan Dean Foster's Alien. And I read the living shit out of that book. I've written it. I've read it 30 times. I just got done re-listening to it on audible because I remember I'm so happy to know that I'm not the only person that goes back to a book that they know and love, even though they know everything that happens in every little nook and cranny of that book that goes back to read it in comfort. I, I'm so happy to hear I'm not the only one that does that. Yeah, I've, I've done it. I've read, you know, incarnation series three times, I think in total, it's a lot of books and a lot of writing, but I've read it three times. The book, the stand I've read, <sighs> Probably the the original book, so not the unabridged, because I have the unabridged. I've read the stand twice and the unabridged three times, but you're adding four hundred and some pages. Uh huh. I've done I've done the unabridged twice. I was the only when I realized when I saw the two books on the shelf because this is probably right around the time the TV series came out, mm -hmm. and I hadn't read that particular book of Stephen King's, and I went to go buy it. There were two books side by side on the bookshelf. One was this and the unabridged. And I'm like, well, I'm not taking the unabridged one. I want the whole damn story, and that's the only version I've ever read. So I genuinely mm -hmm. don't know what was removed from the abridged version. Yeah, a lot of trash can man stuff, but yeah, the sure. the ultimate the ultimate thing is, you know, with storytelling, if you don't have a, you know, one thing that Marvel has advantage over Star Wars of is its comic books. 
you know, whether they're they're adapting the actual storyline or taking from the storyline, they at least have a starting point. Where Star Wars, if if the three of us made a Star Wars movie today, we would literally be making it up because there is no there's nothing to Star Wars. There's, you know, nobody has, nobody has, other than probably fan fiction and all the stuff in Legends, you really don't have a realistic starting place for Star Wars, you know? You no, you could pick up us anywhere to start. If it were me, I would pick one of two eras. If, if Disney knocked on my door tomorrow and said, oh my God, we've got to save Star Wars and you, you are the only guy that can do it. How do we do it? I would pick one of two eras. Coder. It. it would be either be yeah, exactly. It would be either the Codor series like time frame where you would do the Tales from the Jedi stuff, where it's long, long before the original series, or I would advance the storyline like two hundred years, do a mm-hmm. two or three hundred year jump, get it away from the the um, Skywalker saga, and start. I think you've got to go back. I don't think you can go forwards. Why? I think I'm you so go to all fascinated. The I'm well, older. I agree. And that was that's why I stated that as my first choice. But there is a big, big part of me that's genuinely fascinated. Like, aside from the stuff that we know, now I want to know if we're going if I have to choke down and accept the fact that the sequel trilogy is canon. And it is. I'm not denying this fact. I genuinely, truly want to know what happens after. I genuinely, truly want to know after all these characters have oh. come out into the wash. I genuinely want to know what happens after. So to me, like, okay, so if you go with episode nine being canon and that's a real story and Ray is the, you know, new, new Jedi of a new generation, to me, I would rather see it like Lord of the Rings where the elves are moving into the undying life hmm. where, where you don't have, you know, number one, I'm anti-Jedi to begin with. Oh but, no, I know. But I think that that would be a better story of, you know, how does the galaxy recover? You know, because to me, you know, the galaxy was splintered to begin with. The Empire never really unified the galaxy, you know, no. because you had the outer rim, you had the mid mid rim, you had the core worlds, you had, you know, the Empire driven insanity that was going on. But I would love to see stories, you know, number one, why does Andor, why do I love Andor so much? Because I could actually tell that story in a role playing game. Yes. Truthfully. hundred percent. Because it's a role-playing game story. You know, Rogue One was a role-playing game story. And a lot of what I do, like when I look at Lord of the Rings, it was it was one hell of a role-playing campaign when you get down to it. You know, when you look at Lord of the Rings, uh, Two Towers, and Return of the King, that's just like you had three gigantic adventures in a campaign. And hell the yeah. culmination was destroying the ring, you know, the ring. And... To me, the best storytelling is when you can, you know, because of course I love D and D and role playing games. If I can, if if you can tell a story that I can fit into a role playing game setting, it's it's a great story. Not everybody's like that, but that's how I gauge it. You know, that's how I gauge it. And you know, growing up, I was in a, you know, I, I was in the, at the tail end of a thirteen year D and D campaign that basically had the same characters the whole time. You know, and the the culmination of that was to destroy a ring, which, you know, I know where Jeff got it all. You know, it was to destroy an artifact that was very powerful and use the only true evil god ever put together in in D and D at any point in time, which was Tharsden. And you know, and Tharsden came from one module in the Greyhawk, you know, universe. 
And, and and that's just it. If you can tell me an epic story, Star Wars to me wasn't an epic story. It's just not. It's not an epic story. It's a story about a whiny fucking farm boy <laughs> who has who has a little bit of skill behind him who gets kind of push buttoned into learning something but never really learns it. You know, he kind of half asses it. And then at the end he wins the day out. What's the difference between him and Ray? At the end of the day, what is literally the difference between him and Ray? There isn't any because they're both the same character. They're just written differently in a different sex. Because Luke had no clue that he had powers until he met Obi-Wan. Meets Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan kind of push buttons him on the Millennium Falcon a little bit. And then he dies. And then he does some grand thing that, you know, no farm kid should really have been able to do, which is blow up the Death Star. And then you go to the second movie, and he's told to go see, go to Dagobah to see Yoda. And what does he do there? He gets a few weeks of fucking training. Okay? So now Luke... Luke is this guy with a push button and a couple weeks of training. And I know that people will argue with me that it was months and months and months, you know, because you really can't tell the way Lucas wrote that. But to me, I go by the story of the Millennium Falcon side of that movie. And it was a couple weeks. At the most, it was a couple weeks from when they left Hoth to the point when they get to Cloud City. At the most, a couple weeks. And now you have a guy who's partially very poorly trained in something that takes eons for jedis to learn and now you get to the third movie and he's a guy that somehow is a jedi knight in the third movie goes back to see yoda yoda can't train him anymore because somehow miraculously he's ready to fight vader and the emperor you know and to me it's just it's not an epic story you know yes it's the hero's journey i get that but ultimately when i look at it to me the story when 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 Lucas did episodes one, two, and three, what he should have done is episodes, you know, negative one, two, and three. And really, it's the story of Palpatine. When you get down to it, that entire storyline is the story of Palpatine at the end of the day. Well, if you... Because <laughs> you're bookending it. You're bookending it exactly like that. Darth Vader was seduced by the Emperor. Well, we saw how the Emperor became the Emperor. And then four, five, and six is the storyline of the emperor's plan coming to fruition and fails. And then seven, eight, and nine, if you go by how they did the movies, even though the emperor is not talked about, it's still you're ending with the emperor. So it's the story of Chief Palpatine more than it is Darth Vader, more than it is the Skywalker saga. It's literally the Palpatine saga at that point because of what they did. Hence my major, major issue with the last three movies. But but you get why Luke, I, you get, you get why Luke to me isn't that great of a character. He's not. Now your, your fascination with Luke, my guess is it comes from books that were written by authors that are now in legends of the great stories of what Luke did when he was a Jedi. And and you and I are guilty of the same three books, I might add, that started me down that path. Right. But when you get down to it, in existence, those books, when you're talking about movies and books, what Luke became isn't real in Star Wars. I know. When you talk about movies compared to books. You know, and that's why, to me, if you're going to go ahead, it's more of elves moving to the Undying Lands and you're stuck with humans and dwarves, you know. Because the galaxy, to me, how, what would the galaxy do? Well, if it were me writing it, really the galaxy would close itself off. People would would become internal. They'd be, you know they'd become you know xenophobic. 
of other people after what the fuck the galaxy went through under the emperor you know, that's you're, kind of what I'm getting. That's why, like, I would yeah. love to do with the the series after the fact. Like, okay, so all of this stuff has happened, and that would be the story that I would want to focus on. Would be like you said, what happened to everybody else after? Not necessarily main cast, but anyway, that's not that's way off topic. Yeah, yeah. Well, we 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 are not As lack we, of focused for for you know for a reason. The topic was Star Wars, and you're actually talking about Star Wars, so I feel like we are still the. That is yeah. true. That's true. All right, uh, Chris, do you have anything else to add to our momentous or our monu- monumental conversation? Um, not really. I, I, to bring it all the way back to your like more pinpointed topic of like current live action. Yep, it's good. Like I, it's a part of me will always rather that like, when Ahsoka comes out, I'll wish it was animated. Oh yeah, because. Yeah. Like it's nothing against Rosario Dawson, but Ahsoka was that character, and I, I'll have that that belief that I I will just you. Can I can I ask you one question? This so does the change of voice, not just that's what I was going to say. The same thing, but the change of voice does that does that affect your enjoyment? Um, no, not really the change of voice as much as it's just a different character. Like she isn't Ahsoka. Like she's a complete like she's written as a different character, she, and this is very much taken from my enjoyment of the Clone Wars. The and I, I get it, her storyline, and maybe I'm putting too much emphasis on early Ahsoka rather than towards the end. I like the, but there seems to be very little joy in the live action Ahsoka, and so, I think that that joy is what makes a character like that. The the vibrance and vitality of Ahsoka just feels like it's because there's no energy and so so what's interesting is is so I read something that kind of goes along that line where someone was talking about Ahsoka from the Clone Wars and Ahsoka today, but the thing that somebody said actually kind of hits home with your comment there is it's not the same Ahsoka to begin with because Ahsoka died when she was fighting Vader. And Ezra pulled her out when he was in that weird, whatever the realm was. He pulled her out the, and the kept veil of her, the force, the world between worlds. Yep, kept her from dying per se. So really, you have a different Ahsoka. You know, if you go with a multiverse theory, you have a different Ahsoka now because the Ahsoka that you knew died, and this is a different Ahsoka. And yeah, like, I get it. I get the the. You know what I mean? There's a lot yeah, here to yeah. like unpacking everything but yeah it's that's the only thing for me that i i it's not that i'm not looking forward to the shows i'm looking i'm looking forward to the next episode of andor in the same way i'm looking forward to the next episode of she hulk the same way i'm looking forward to watching the next episode of taboo in the same way i'm looking forward to like reading the next um song of ice and fire book Right, <laughs> uh, you know, I had to throw that one in there at the end. But, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> not but, that I'm not saying House of the Dragon. I don't know if anyone's watching it. Good. No, I'm not, I haven't seen any of House of the Dragon. But you know what I mean. It's like I'm looking for, <laughs> but we'll go super dark, <laughs> uh, and obviously, hopefully, people pick up on the uh, the humorous side of this. But like, 
I'm looking forward to him just to take some of the dullness out of my existence and let me survive 45 minutes of my life without, you know, sitting yeah. with no meaning to my life anymore. Yeah. And I, I, it's, it just, oh, well, one more 45 minute show before the endless void can take me. <laughs> uh, but I'll finish watching this show, then I look forward to the sweet release of death. Um, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get it. So I'm I'm more excited to like hang out with my friends and go and play a game stuff. and like, yeah. Like, I just I I think I've at that point where I don't care about that like i'm enjoying consuming media for me that i don't need to like i don't give a fuck what you think about it i don't care right i don't i just i'll enjoy it and we can have a talk about it and we'll discuss it but like (laughs) that i no longer enjoy that if i go to a cinema the first thing that happens when i come out is oh what did you think of it did you like this bit like yeah it was yeah it was good and it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I, or like, and this is, this is going to like suicidal, um, like suicide, the entire YouTube channel. Like I, I can't talk about anything that's ever happening in anything now because of these, this opinion, <laughs> but like, does it matter what I think? If you enjoyed it, you enjoyed it. If you didn't, you didn't. Like we, we can discuss it. But I don't take enjoyment from those conversations anymore, and I blame the internet for that. I feel like I'm that hesitant to, oh, oh, I would be reticent to speak on subjects anymore because I just don't. What I don't care about the reactions. You know, like it's so so difficult to have a real conversation about something anymore without it becoming about something else that right yeah I don't and know. that's true you know that's i do insulate myself a lot from the internet like yeah i've been know, doing i've been doing the same like i don't watch like hey here's the breakdown of this video here's why this show sucks like legitimately like i haven't touched um i'm waiting i'm in, I'm in sean's camp if i'm gonna sit down i am eventually going to sit down and watch the rings of power and formulate my own opinion just like i watched uh what was uh wheel of time and formulated my own opinion i I, i'm not listening to anyone else i can genuinely watch those shows and decide whether or not i did or did not like them without the assistance of someone else telling me what i should and shouldn't think yeah and i and i'm so like for me is like i don't ever go to a critic and watch or, or listen to what a critic says about anything like i don't do that it's what i do is I'll watch like new rock stars, you know, the, the YouTube channel, new rock stars and give their summary of things, but I don't ever take it to heart. You know, the other thing is with me is that, you know, I can watch something so I can watch and I could watch an entire synopsis of a movie without having seen the movie before and still enjoy the movie. You know, I can also listen to people's complaints and still enjoy the movie because Luckily for me, I can block all that out, you know, when I'm going to watch the movie. And it's, I, I agree with Chris, the world is just so negative about everything. And it's so hard to talk about anything, you know, and it's, it, you know, Ed, you and I are literally on the polar opposites about episode eight, you know, 
you hate it because of Luke, and I love it because of Luke. Yep. You know, and it's really weird because, you know, but the take on Luke is valid both ways, in my opinion. But once again, I'm not going to let your opinion affect me. But with the live action stuff. No, and nor should it. it, it how right. you enjoy a film and how I enjoy it. Yeah, screw your opinion, Ed. Screw it. Yeah. It's fucking wrong, okay? You your opinion's like, wrong. Maybe you we'll, like chocolate ice cream and I like strawberry. Like, like legitimate. No, no, say you're wrong again. I don't like chocolate. Like strawberry. Oh, I like right. you have to like something different now. No, no I I'm like... taking strawberry. <laughs> but if we're eating a Neapolitan. <laughs> so so at the end of the day for me, I'm enjoying the live action stuff. You know, I liked Kenobi. Boba Fett was good because it was in the Star Wars universe. Um Mandalorian's good. I we'll see how season three goes. I I do think season three will be interesting because it does go back to the Clone Wars um, era and because you're going to get that that confrontation now with you know the Mandalor the the views the Mandalorians have of themselves, which will be interesting. I haven't watched a trailer for season three yet, but I can't be excited about Mandalorian after Book of Boba Fett. You can or can't? Cannot. I feel like so we ha- after in our in focus for Mandalorian season two. One of the things I said, I was really excited to see if Mandalorian could stand on its own without Grogu. As a show, if you yep. lo- remove yeah. the uh, the crutch of Baby Yoda to see if yep. they could do it. And they just went, you know what? I haven't even got, I just don't have the, the stones to try. I, I don't, I can't do it. We're just not going to bother. Well, so you can't sell toys without him in it. But <laughs> you can sell what? I don't even think it's, I just, I don't even know. I don't know why you. I I I don't. I lost for words, Sean. I literally yeah, I have no words for why you would do that. Okay, like, let me ask. Let me ask one question. If Baby Yoda becomes a dynamic character rather than this, you know, to me, you know, it's the oh. So, so the, this is. You don't even need to ask the question, Sean. Once it's here, I'll watch it and I'll enjoy it. Yeah, I yeah. can't get excited for it. I got because you. the thing yeah. I was excited for was the potential, yep. and that potential has been removed right. because I, the like the, it, they've given him Grogu back, so yep. there is there is no possible like may, maybe Grogu dies episode one. I don't know, probably <laughs> not. Uh, you know, probably maybe. not. I'm gonna gonna say probably not gonna happen. Probably right. not going to happen. But like, there's no chance to explore anything deeper to it. it will always now be that comedic duo of Dinjarin and Grogu that further yeah. and and that's fine there are stories we can tell and I will enjoy them yep but that that takes away the thing I was excited to learn and see and you know I, I mean I he feel did. like we're being he, very safe I, I well I mean but when I look at that story, they took away Grogu and gave him Grogu back in the form of the, the Darksaber because that becomes that, you know. I mean, look at, you know, were you guys excited to see the Darksaber? Yeah. It was a cool nod. I, w- I wasn't like, oh, it's the Darksaber. What's going to happen? So I, it's got right. a Darksaber. It's, it's really, in, all right, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I where, or, or where did he get a Darksaber from? Where, like, now I want to see the story 
leading up to him getting a dark saber and it, it, it the possibility that the inclusion of the dark saber brings is what excited me not the dark saber itself and that's yeah. why the removal of the absence of the removal of absence this is a really horrible phrasing the, the removal of the absence of grogu removes possibilities my hope would be that they're going to by the end of season three do the that grogu is going to end up with luke anyway and then it's going to to push that character off because i agree with you 100 percent. i think it's it has I, I think we're done i i would be surprised if luke features again i feel like that story's run its course like legitimately i don't yeah. know luke, luke oh, is dead it's, to it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, a buddy cop shona but he, with all the cool stuff that it looks like it's going to because it looks like we're going back to mandalore it looks like we're seeing a um conflict building up between dinjarin and katie sarkov's character who's all of a sudden dropping off of the face of my bra i can't remember her character's name off oh katan thank you um there, there's a conflict brewing between the two of them like i don't Mandalorian know how in season three trailer let's just watch this while ed's talking it'd be all right oh, you should share it with the screen we oh, should well we can't obviously do possible i go wrong you'll get copyright stricken for that but a hundred percent here, I'll pull I it did see. I did watch the Tales of a Jedi trailer. I yeah, did that not I saw, watch the Mandalorian season three trailer. Does that, any does anyone know I mean. if Samuel L. Jackson reprised the role for Mace Windu? Uh, probably. I'd expect so. I would hope so. All right, so I'll sit down and watch it. Which yeah. one are you watching? Are you watching the one? I'm watching the season three trailer off of StarWars.com. Cool. All right. I'm yeah. Gonna, this is. This is podcast gold right here. I was here, just going to say, this yeah. is the podcast It's fine. I'll, I'll truncate the silence. As long as I'm not talking, it'll be okay. That's right. I can talk, though. You know. Yeah. You can mute me. I don't know. I'm not as I'm not as excited for another Jedi show. Well, Grogu doesn't necessarily make it a Jedi no, show. No, no, no. I'm talking, I'm talking Tales of the whatever it is. Tales of the Jedi. It's not even a show, though. It's just like a, it's a series of shorts. It's like a one-off, though, isn't it? Yeah, but it's it's the same thing that killed me. What was the one that they did with the anime stuff? Oh, what was that one called? Oh, that was, um, shit, I don't remember. Anyway, that one there, you know, I was, okay. number one, I'm not a fan of anime. Um... I will say, I can't say I'm not a fan of anime because there are animes that I have watched. Um, but that show just, it just didn't do anything for me at all, really, when it came to the Star Wars story, where Rebels and even Clone Wars and... Do you know what you that know. reminded me of? Do you remember between The Matrix and when they did yeah. the back-to-back the, an the Animatrix. Animatrix? That's what it reminded me of. Kind like, of. not required reading, kind of fun story. Well, but the but... Matrix added. That, that's the difference to me, is the Animatrix added to the Matrix. Because it, it told the backstory that wasn't told in any of the Matrix movies. I, I'm excited for um, the stuff with, like, Dooku and Qui-Gon. Yeah, exactly. Like, more, yeah, that would exactly. be neat. How, how I can agree I not want to see more Dooku and Qui-Gon? I'm like... So yes. it's not going to be Chris Foley. I know. But, you know, I it's know, still it, like know. Liam Nielsen is doing it. Like, yeah. it, I'm the there's stuff to expand upon, and like I like. Obviously, we differ here, Sean, and I I like that time period. I find it there's interesting to stories to 
to tell, not because the Jedi are amazing, but because the concept of the Jedi's is flawed. And oh, no, no, I, exploring yeah. that those flaws and like the it's not old Republic Jedi, it's not High Republic Jedi. This is the the failing of the uh, the Republic. Yes. Oh, yeah, it's, the arrogance, it's the arrogance yeah. of the Jedi, yeah. yeah. Which is why I'm going to watch it, because that does... I do like that part of that story. You know, I like the, the downfall of the Jedi, to me, is interesting. Not because I'm a fan of evil or bad or anything like that. It's just, you know, I am very much against that that highlight of arrogance that the Jedi had. And going back to Luke, even Luke had that arrogance when he said throws his lightsaber down in front of the Emperor and, I'm a Jedi like my father before me. That, what the fuck are you doing? You know? Because <laughs> he had no idea who Palpatine was. No Correct. Clue. Not even for a second. And the only reason why he survived that is because, Vader's of course, him. well, it's the redemption arc. You know, that yeah. was the whole point of that was Vader saving him, you know? And then it's just I, I can't stand that arrogance, you know, and that's why, you know, when 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 young Anakin in episode one was in front of the Jedi Council, I really felt the frustration that kid had. Like, you know, as as a person watching that, even though Jake Lloyd wasn't the greatest actor for that, you could feel that frustration that that kid had. And then the teenager Anakin in episode two, the same thing, just that frustration, because for some reason they're not treating him equally to the other, that the way they've treated all the other Jedi up to that point, this one person was not treated the same way. Well, and to me that legit, first of all, I never, with very, very rare exception, I don't necessarily take children actors seriously in roles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I can name probably off the top of my head maybe one Haley Joe Osmond in Sixth Sense. I thought he did a phenomenal job, and yeah. he is the exception, not the rule. So like mm-hmm. it was like all those people that like kind of like bitched about the fact that the 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 actress who played who bitched about young Leia in um what am I thinking uh, Obi Wan in, in Obi Wan, and they all they they complain necessarily about her and her character like i she's a child actor like i i legitimate and that's i'm not trying to be disparaging to to child actors i think there are plenty of child actors that go on to make fantastic actors later on in life the harry potter series for one can absolutely disprove me on a lot of the actors that came out of there but for me when i see children on film i always give them a little bit of wiggle room for that oh yeah no 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 they, i agree for Jake Lloyd, I did the exact same thing. I well, recognize. No, me too. Me too. I the writing him. the writing for that kid was horrible. And that was the next. That's the direction I was going. The only time in the, I, and I think Haley Jawsman has actually spoken to this. The reason why he looked as good as he did in the Sixth Sense was a complete credit to M Night Shyamalan and his directing of that film. And yep. as we all know, George Lucas is not a great director. He got gifted very very good young actors in harrison ford and carrie fisher and mark hamill who were able to take the lines that he gave them and turn them into something he got very lucky with that 
He did not get so lucky with Jake Lloyd. He definitely did not get very lucky with Hayden Christensen. And I've seen Hayden Christensen in other films that yeah. were not Star Wars, and he's great. And he's yeah. evolved as an actor since then. So, like, legitimately, I don't know how much blame I can put on either one of those two actors for those well, roles. I don't put any blame. I, my whole point is isn't the actor. It's the story that that actor is portraying. Sure, in that sure. In, you know, for me, it's not really even the actor itself. It's a story itself where you have somebody who's taken in older than they normally do. So special treatment or different treatment. They allow Obi-Wan to train him special or different treatment. Begrudgingly, he, but yes. Yes. He grows up and he's an angsty teenager 10 years later, meets Padme, and not one of them can figure out that the dude has the hots for Padme. And then he grows up and gets Padme pregnant and nobody can realize that that's his kid or kids as we found out later. And it's just like, and then when he, when it comes to all the Jedi things, you know, the, the angst, when he talks about the, you know, they're jealous of him, you know, because they know he's more powerful than they are or whatever the line is, you know, it's like, well, you create the monster, you know, Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster. Frankenstein was the monster. Who created yeah. a body, uh, uh, a reanimated corpse? Yes, yes, yes. You are correct. Yes, Frankenstein, the monster created the monster, and it's that's what the Jedi did. You know, the Jedi created their own downfall, and of course, you had a button pusher behind the scenes that did it. And that's what fascinates me is how stupid the Jedi really were, because a they didn't believe the things that they were being told. You know, Qui Gon was telling them. Before Qui-Gon died, Qui-Gon was telling them there are things that are behind the scenes. And Yoda and Mace Windu basically just piss it off and say, well, we don't sense it, so it's probably not happening. So it's not real. Yeah. I don't see it, so it's not happening. Yeah, you know, it, it should have been the see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil, you know. Mm -hmm. One covering their ears, one covering the eye, you know. It's one of the best scenes in Planet of the original Planet of the Apes movie from 68. is. The apes, the orangutans, when they're when they have Taylor on trial, if you watch that, you have one covering the mouth, one covering the eyes, and one covering ears when they're you know, when he's speaking in his own defense, you know, and it's just that's exactly the same thing that the Jedi were to me, you know, that arrogance and ridiculousness is just astounding. Well, that's what allowed Palpatine to rise to power and nobody's and there. How many of them were in the room with him? How many scenes did they share with Palpatine? And you've got Mace Windu standing next to him. You've got Yoda standing next to him and nobody, nobody's picking up on it. Right. Yeah. It's almost like it was some form of plot armor involved. Weird. Could be, could be, you know, that evil, evil was just more powerful than good. Oh, if, if, uh, if do you want to move it to happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I guess <laughs> you know. Oh, it must be really hard for him to evade the uh, the sense of his Jedi Master. That was super easy, barely an inconvenience. Barely an inconvenience. Yeah, barely an inconvenience. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've uh, over talked this one as usual. Um, no, we've minutes. never done. I, I'm glad I had it. I'm glad I managed to add like 45 minutes onto the show by uh, giving you my closing thoughts. <laughs> yep, your caveat to the closing thoughts. I stand yeah, well, by my I stand by my original statements. I think that the Disney would be best served by with new characters in time frames that we don't know much about 
and having light touch, if any, on original trilogy characters, they'd be better off in that direction. That's where they do their best work. Yeah, I can't disagree with that for sure. That's uh, that's definitely one that I would I would agree with. All right. Well, Ed, always good having you on the show. Always um, good being here. Your uh, your your input was well well uh, appreciated. I can't believe I w- you, closed, you stole my closing. Oh, I was hoping that at least if my input was a little bit more tempered than usually it was because it's absolutely entirely possible for me to go completely off the rails i tried to stay on the rails and i tried to stay objective when answering this question chris always good to have you here and if if you weren't here we probably wouldn't be doing this well i did have to like hit record kind of thing so you know always good to be here sean yeah do you have any uh closing remarks uh, yeah, um, I no- noticed a couple of more people had um, signed up for Patreon or added, uh, uh, increased the Patreon amount. So thank you very much for that. It's uh, really good to see. I'm um, in the process of um, doing stuff like we ha- added a new page to a website, Ed. Do you want to talk about uh, the new Ooh, website address? Because like, Ed did his homework and Ed actually got an intro page for the for the new Heresy Cast show. We did record episode one. Uh, we just got opening and closing um, outro music and intro music sent over to Chris. So that is going to be popping up on the website soon. I believe, as we discussed in the pregame show, uh, that the plan is to have opposite releases of the weeks that we do this show. So you'll be getting a double dose each week. Um, we're, we're <laughs> I had four pages worth of notes of the early history of the Warhammer 40k universe. I don't know that I got through page one and I haven't even gotten to the good stuff yet. Uh, Chris seems to think I may have a very Necron slant to my apologist histories and rewritings of the history. So by all means, be judged for yourself. It, you it's are. very amusing where you choose to start your 40k history because literally no one cares about that's part of it. I did. Yeah, no one cares. I, I, I strongly disagree with that statement. But I'm, like, I'm someone and I care. So there's at least one. Uh, who doesn't start their, uh, their brief history for 40k universe with the Emperor? All right. So who, the re- who the doesn't reason- start there? And we will get there. I 100% get that. But there's oh, stuff that. Episode happened- four. So what you're saying is we want to Star Wars up Heresy Cast. I should have released episode four first. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But no, legitimately, there's stuff that happens that, that leads up to it, like that explains like where the Eldar came from and why the Eldar are in the current state. We had to talk about the Chaos Gods. We had to talk about the birth of Slanesh, which we haven't gotten to yet, by the way. Like there's so many things bef- like that happened before the emperor was even born and before the unification wars, which we're getting to um, that we just kind of have to like, you have to leave the foundation. It's like watching Andor. you need to have a little bit of a slow burn before you get into the cool stuff. Um, there is, uh, right, so the 40 K 40 K universe is extraordinarily deep in its lore. And you can go as deep into the woods as you like. I didn't get nearly as deep as I could have gotten. And I still only got through one page of my notes. Yeah. So yeah, it's if fine. you're interested, you check it. that out. That'd be Harry Sagash. You can find that on the Dice Eight production YouTube channel. We have our own website. We have all of that fun stuff. And 
Chris will be kind enough to put all that stuff in the show notes or a bumper. It's, technically, you have your own landing page. I it's have my own part, All right, that's it's part of it. So it's on dice8.com, but you can also just type in heresycast.com and it will take you right there. You can listen to episodes on the website. They're theoretically going to set up an Instagram account so you can check out all the battles that they're playing and the painting that they're all doing. So that'll be cool run, once it's run done. Run by a 17 year old. It'll be fantastic because there's no way yeah. I can give myself that. Oh, you've got an Instagram account. You followed me. I, I do. Take, I do. take I pictures. Fo- I follow you, NASA, and the ISS. And oh, yeah, the. The, the probe that's on Mars, and as soon as they get that mission to Mars, they're gonna have a uh, they're gonna have a live feed coming from the camera from that. Oh God, I can't wait for that. No one, w- I was super disappointed they didn't get those the two two potential liftoffs they did they they missed because NASA can't seem to get their shit straight for fueling oh. liquid hydrogen. I I I I don't think that ship's ever gonna leave the ground. Well, they were working on it again today because they can't seem to get the they they cannot seem to understand the concepts of filling liquid nitrogen. It's not like they haven't done this before. You have a well, whole bunch of smart that, people in the room. Like, what is going on? I, I heard a good good synopsis on that. Is it's what you what happens when something is forced down your throat by politicians? Yes, because I agree. This is an it's a debacle in that the technology to reuse that entire system exists. But you can't use it. Yep. So they're using, you know, fifty-year-old technology, trying to, you know, still, still, still make it to the moon in Apollo standards using space shuttle technology. Mm-hmm. To me, it's a big grift of the American people, and it's never going to leave this planet. Well, it, it kills me. It kills me that ten years ago we were joking around about billionaires shooting rockets into space. And now SpaceX fires off rockets every three days. Yep. Every three days, there is yep. a launch from SpaceX that not only sends the launch module up into space, but leaves enough reserve fuel and guidance systems to bring it back down and land it on three little legs. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And yep. that's a 25 or $30 million booster rocket every single time that they get to basically pocket, clean out, refill with fuel, and launch again 90 days later. Yep. How did they figure it out and the people at NASA couldn't? I'm just throwing that out there. Well, we haven't even gotten well, into space yet. We haven't well, gotten into the whole Van Allen's belt, getting through the radiation belt, getting it to and from the moon. This was an unmanned flight that is supposed to go just orbit the moon for a couple of days and then come back down to prove that it still can be done. They can't even get it off the ground. Yep. Sorry, welcome, that's, my, that's my NASA frustrations there. There's, welcome, there's a complete change. Welcome to 21st century government run project. <laughs> At oh, least they did the right thing and scrubbed it before they blew up a $6 billion spacecraft. So really quick, I have one thing to throw out to you guys and anybody that's listening. Uh, there's a movie out there called Aniara, I believe is how it's pronounced, A-N-I-R-A. And it's one of the most compelling. It's very depressing. So... Don't don't be in a depressed mood when you're going to watch it. But it is one of the best movies I think I have ever seen in my life. I actually bought it on Prime. It has subtitles. It's not an American film. It has subtitles. And what's it called again? A N I A R A. Aniara. 2018. Yep. Yep. It has people you've never seen before, most likely in it. But and I think it's on Netflix. I believe that's where I watched it the first time. 
was on Netflix, and I don't I don't know if it's still on. It's not on Hulu. It's not on HBO. So, for those of you that have streaming services, it is currently on Plex, which I've never heard of. It is on Amazon Prime. So if you have a Prime and you have a Prime uh, premium membership, you can get it there. Uh, Google Play has it. YouTube has it for three bucks. Uh, Apple TV has it for nine dollars. And then Tubi, if you do have a subscription to Tubi, you can get it for free there. Yep. Very good movie, though. If you can handle subtitles and you can handle a very depressing sci-fi movie about basically it's the microcosm of the end of humanity. It's a ship. Humans have to leave Earth because we've destroyed it. They're going go into Mars and the ship gets off course and they can't stop it. <laughs> kind of awesome. like the whole <laughs> angular momentum kind of thing. Like, oops, yep. a little different, like spaceships can't actually do U-turns kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Physics is a thing. I'm yep. all right. I'm adding that to my, to, to my watch list. Yep. So, all right, guys. Well, it was great having you tonight and uh, we'll uh, hopefully have everybody back on the next show. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to a Lack of Focus podcast brought to you by Dice Productions. 